Hello and welcome to the Kidney Ally Nutrition Podcast, the one and only podcast where we tackle the hardest questions around what constitutes a good, healthy kidney diet. Whether you're a patient, a carer, a nephrologist, or a dietitian, I'm sure you'll learn something new today about what constitutes a good, healthy kidney diet. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of uh, the Kidney Nutrition Podcast uh, with Ruth and Carl, um, founders of Kidney Ally, and um, I'm Carl, uh, kidney transplant patient and co-host. And I'm Ruth Candler, I'm a renal dietitian in London, and looking forward to chatting today. So today we uh, wanted to tackle something that's been uh, consistently in the group on Facebook that people seem to be diagnosed with CKD and then it's like, what the hell do I do? And that's when you've just been diagnosed with CKD, which we've seen a lot in the group, people coming into the group uh, saying, I've just been diagnosed with CKD from my doctor. What do I do? Uh, Or my husband's been uh, diagnosed. My wife's been diagnosed. My father-in-law, so many people coming in, just, just being diagnosed and left to their own. So really it's um, a bit of a broad one today but um, trying to tackle of what the things you should think about when you've just been diagnosed because it, it, it's very stressful. It must be very stressful. Um, so uh, mainly tips and, and kind of, you know, clear directions from, um, you know, trained NHS dietitian that knows exactly what you should do and, um, and you just a bit of advice around that. So hopefully this helps everyone be a bit less stressed. Um, so Ruth uh, kind of, you know, doing this for such a long time, 20 years, like what, what do you usually tell a patient when they've come to you and said, I've just been, just been diagnosed. What should I do? So first of all, my first, my first um, thought is try not to panic. And although, you know, it's a major organ, a problem with a major organ, I always say don't panic. The second thing to remember is that it, it, Usually, in usual circumstances, it's unlikely that you'll be told, oh, you need to start dialysis or you need to transplant straight away. It's not usual for that to happen. It's usually a very gradual decline. And, and, and the important thing to remember is that for kidney disease, you need to monitor the kidney function. So I, I've seen a few people recently and I've said to them, OK, your kidney function is at 60 percent, but we need to look at that over the next two years you know, every three months or every six months and see how that goes. And I know it's not a good fix right now. And a lot of people said to me, well, that's no good because I I, I just want to know what to do about it, fix it and then and then forget about it. But unfortunately, you can't do it like that. And it doesn't work like that. So the first thing to do, not to panic. Second thing to do is the important thing is to think about lifestyle and to think about why your kidneys might have reduced in function and to monitor it. I think that's a really good point because I kind of, with my background story, I got sick when I was like 15 um, with a bout of vasculitis and that's probably an acute kidney injury. And then basically um, over 10 years after that that was when it went from uh, bad to worse and then eventually needing a transplant. But the interesting thing in my journey was that um, my doctor never really told me to monitor my food it was more around i'd get my blood checked every now and then and they just tell me this is your situation now come back in six months so i do think people are left a lot to their own device bank 
you know, because they're kind of just the doctors really care about the blood results and making sure that you're okay. Um, so I think that's a really good tip there around lifestyle because I couldn't have stopped mine maybe as much as others because mine came from vasculitis. But you might be behaving in a way where you might have been obese or it might have come from diabetes or it might come from um, high salt intake. So you might have lifestyle things that you can actually change that can slow it down a lot more. And food is obviously a key one there. Food as such isn't going to damage the kidneys. And even, even if it's diabetes or high blood pressure, yes, salt can harm it. Yes, the sugar can harm your kidneys. But general eating isn't going to damage kidneys as such. And I think that's quite an important point because I've had a lot of people say, is this safe? Is this harmful? For my kidneys in terms of asking about food and that it, it doesn't work like that and it, it's just not it that's not how it works yeah i think that's a really good point as well because i really didn't start changing my lifestyle um until after my transplant and it wasn't really till after my transplant if i'm honest like within four or five years of after my transplant that i really tried to change my lifestyle um but um once you are diagnosed with CKD, I think that it's kind of getting your head around the fact that this is not going away because it is not curable. It's not like um, you can't go in remission like cancer. You can't um, uh, cure it like a broken leg. You have it forever. So the earlier you change your start to change your lifestyle and start to go, okay, I'm going to eat this instead of this. I'm going to exercise a bit more. The more likely you are to slow things down and the more likely you are to be healthier for longer, basically. Um, and then um, maybe a flip question on that would be what should a patient or what should someone not do when they're just being diagnosed um, with CKD? I think, I, I think the biggest tempting thing, I think, and from, you know, again, from our group, I've learned so much from this group and looking off and, you know, being on Facebook. I think the biggest thing is don't look for a cure and don't look for some um remedy or something um, made of herbs or or, or, or or some kind of potion to make it all go away because it may make it worse mm. um, and and there's no clinical studies or research to show that any of these things that are available on the market are effective or help you I think if they were helpful we'd have been using them years ago and we wouldn't have you know there wouldn't be such a thing as kidney failure because you know, you, your, your kidneys were in decline, you'd be given whatever the potion is, and then you'd be on your way. So please don't buy them, don't spend your money at all, all time on that. And I think that's a really good point, because again, in the group, we have a lot of people, uh, loads of people trying to come in and do these spamming things. So just being very careful about reading stuff on the internet, magic potions, voodoos, read these doctors that say they're doctors, they're probably not doctors, um, and like you know, fake articles that say don't eat this and don't eat that. It, but you did mention it was a really interesting point you said where there was food, no food will damage your kidneys. Um, do you want to just kind of open up a bit more about what that means? Because my understanding was that there there was food, like if I was to eat um, a pizza every night, like from Domino's, or if I was to have McDonald's every night, really high salty, salty food, would that not damage my kidney? Or is that am I wrong with that? It, I, I, I'm not sure that it would damage it as such, and, and there isn't any evidence to say that it would. 
but having a lot of salt might make your blood pressure go up and might make your blood pressure uncontrollable and that will damage the kidney. So it's not the food itself, it's the food causing the blood pressure, to, the salt causing the blood pressure to go up, which is damaging the kidney. Mm. I feel like we get a lot of people who are saying, oh, I can't eat bananas and I can't eat avocados and I can't eat tomatoes because they're going to damage my kidney. No, they are not. You're right. If you did have McDonald's every day and you had pizza every day, and if you had fatty meat and processed meat every day, possibly. But again, there isn't it. Well, there's no research to show that any particular food causing damage to kidney, but those particular foods are very, very unhealthy, very lots of fats, lots of nitrates, lots of salt. And that is that is just not good for kidney health as such. But I I'm not sure that there is a particular food as such that if you ate a sensible diet you would damage your kidneys with it so it's so in regards to that question so if i've just been diagnosed and you know you read the article saying don't eat this but eat that don't eat this but eat that then what would be the purpose of following a good diet if i've just been diagnosed versus what i usually eat which might be damaging so you might slow the progression might you and you might slow the progression and you might kind of make your kidneys a bit healthier. You might increase the function a little bit. I can't say for sure because everyone is so very different. But I think if you ate a lot of processed food takeaway and you've been diagnosed, you've got that risk of it declining very quickly because of the salt, because of the nitrates, because of the fat. Whereas if you change your diet to be healthy, it, you might slow that decline or even halt it or maybe even improve it. And is that so, so when you read things around, like there's, uh, for example, I know, for example, cauliflower, red bell peppers, garlic, these things that are known to be good for the kidneys versus things that are bad, like high, high uh, processed food, um, like olives, the, these things are kind of like high in salt. So what would, what would a, let's just use a processed meat because it's an obviously bad one and uh versus blueberries say because i know they're quite good is it that is it that what the blueberries are made of are kind of healthy for the kidney versus the, what the processed food is made of like the salt and that, that what what differentiates a good food from a bad food for the kidney i guess it depends on the composition the composition of food right so in terms of fruit and veg there's nothing in fruit and veg that's going to damage the kidney as such okay the whole potassium story so it's the kidney can't get rid of the potassium the potassium isn't damaging the kidney as such it's just the you know the kidney is at low function can't get potassium so it's hanging around the blood and that can cause problems it's not damaging the kidney in blueberries as it happens it's quite a known to be a high oxidant antioxidant food so it's got chemicals in it that can neutralize what chemicals that are bad if you like in the bodies so it's good for overall health but i wouldn't say you know if you've got kidney failure you need to have blueberries or you need to have anything in particular whereas i would say if you've got kidney failure and actually i would say to anybody anybody who came along to see me to, not to eat processed meat anyway because of the high fat content because of the high salt content. And anyway, a healthy person shouldn't eat so much salt either because then you're risking them getting a high blood pressure, which can cause kidney damage that they won't even know about. So 
it, it's, it's difficult to explain, but there aren't any foods that are particularly good for the kidney. That's for sure. It's about a balance of good health and healthy eating. But things like processed meat, very high salt and salty foods are not good for the kidney because they raise the blood pressure and that can make the kidneys worse. And that's the thing is like, we get a lot of people coming into the group saying, can I eat this and can I eat that and can I eat this? And can... You can generally eat anything as long as it's part of a balanced diet. Um, the only Absolutely. time you need to start worrying is when your blood start to go, um, you know, average over here, your, your potassium's rising quite a lot and that's dangerous. So just limit the amount of potassium you're eating. And that's exactly. usually only when the doctor will tell you or a dietitian will tell you and usually that's again a very end stage or dialysis um, kind of being a transplant patient i'm relatively normal but just i try and reduce salt as much as possible because i know that that has a chance of increasing the blood pressure yeah exactly exactly so it's all the the thing with potassium is why it's so massive is that a high potassium you're at risk of having a cardiac arrest and that's why it's so massive okay no one talks about phosphate particularly but a high phosphate it's not a medical emergency like potassium but it can cause your bones to crumble in the long term and we do look at it and we do monitor it and usually it's not a problem until the very very end stage and in very nearing dialysis or on dialysis but it's really really i can't overemphasize this enough there is no such thing as foods that are good for the kidney or help the kidney or it is part of a healthy balanced diet yeah but but there is that element if you incorporate those foods like you mentioned that do have high uh, antioxidants and those kind of those are classic foods like red bell peppers is another one it's the more you incorporate those healthier things into the diet the better off your kidney is going to be because it's just yeah and that so for um, good health yeah for good health overall lower blood pressure um like a better better balanced weight all those things um, exactly and then so and probably another thing that people will classically do regardless it's almost like when you get told not to look at the sun when it's a full you know and you can't, you can't help but look at it but in regards to the internet um like is there trusted places that you you should go to and places that you should ignore if you're tempted to go to dr google so again, I would go to government places in your country or the National Kidney Foundation in your country. Um, I've put up a lot of links for the um, American um, National Kidney Foundation and the UK National Kidney Foundation. There's also Kidney Care UK, which is 100% reliable. There's Kidney Research UK, which is 100% reliable. In America, there's Davita, which is reliable, National Kidney Foundation, which is reliable. Um, I, think, I think it might be hard for people to know what's reliable or not. And I'm not sure. Um, what I can do is I can um, maybe put a link to how to know something's reliable. It's quite hard to know, unless it's .org. If it's .org, then it's, it is usually reliable. Or if it's .gov, then it's reliable. Um, the other thing is, in the, in the bottom right-hand corner, there is um, a little symbol to look for, which is the H-O-N code, which is um, a blue code. And that's, it, it's an international code, and that shows that the website is a reliable website, and it, and it um, operates at a 
sort of um, uh, it, by, by people who are probably um, qualified to comment or write articles. Um, I would have thought that any dietitian, any dietitian websites um, are okay because again, dietitians will work to a code of conduct and wouldn't put unreliable information on their website. Certainly in the UK, I can't vouch for the USA or any other country, but I know certainly in the UK we wouldn't because um, not worth it. Um, and in the in the um, UK, the NHS website has got lots of information about kidney disease and that is 100% reliable as well. Yeah, and I suppose like kind of um, explore and start reading and I think that um, once you come to conclusions, just cross-checking cross -checking them with a professional yeah. as a dietitian yeah. as well is just quite good because um, it, it is a lot to take in as well. You start reading about it and then you're like, well, hang on a sec, what's this now? And I think one big conundrum I came up against was it seemed after reading it that I couldn't actually eat anything because it was like, this is bad and this is bad and this is bad and this is bad. And you start to get end up in a panic. So I think that um, checking with your nephrologist, um, which for people that are new to diagnose is a kidney doctor and or with your GP, if you're still seeing a GP is probably a way to check or a dietitian is probably a, the best bet because a lot of doctors don't know too much about the field and I've experienced in this past, in the past they don't give you much advice besides um, don't, don't eat bad foods. Um, so that's not very helpful as well. Um, um, but yeah, so on, um, on, on that kind of uh, separate topic of um, kind of, I, a lot of people come into the group because they're, they're taking care of someone. So, yeah. um, because the person might be old or, you know, they don't like to cook or something around, you know, you're worried about their health. Um, do you see anyone that, that, that actually takes care of other people or do you have advice for those people that are, are worried about those people that have just been diagnosed that, that they know? So actually, recently I've seen a lot of um, kids and their parents or just the kids have been contacting me, like the majority of people who I've been seeing in the private sector recently. So it's often a daughter, a son, um, a sister, contacting me because the other person might might be older so therefore not so online savvy or not knowing how to find somebody and they found me um so yes very much so and also they just want to make sure that they find the right person to guide their loved one like i know that if my mom needed someone i would look for her would you know i would want to look for her because i'll know what to look for and i will say right mom this is the person you need to see and i'll set that up for you um, but and I've seen a lot of that lately. I think it's it's quite interesting, and that I, I find it's the usually younger people who contact me themselves. Although I've had a few older people also contact me independently, so it's a bit of a mixture. I've also had recently people, um, children who live in the UK, and they the parents might live in let's say India or or some somewhere else, another country, and they contacted me to meet with them or meet, you know, as, as with them in the UK and their family in India or wherever they are in the world. And we have a three-way conversation. Um, so I've had that a lot as well. So yes, I do. That's really interesting. I think that um, 
it is a non there is not one size fits all for this because it's like that i think that's the another thing that um i've learned along this journey is my journey is going to be different to every single other person with ckd so that comes from even from the like types of food you like to eat and how you can adapt your diet to something that fits it a bit better so i think that knowing that that even if you read stuff on the internet it might not even apply to you in the fact of your conditions how you got there how you need to change so really speaking to a dietitian professional like Ruth um, would be the ideal scenario that you can get to figure out what you need to do. Um, and I think that's another one is not to panic and speak to a professional. Um, when you're diagnosed, please say, say to the doctor, okay, so you're saying I've got kidney problems. I, I would like to know more about my blood results. I'd like to know why do you think I have a kidney problem? So try, try not to be too shy or nervous because I know that you know there's a lot of white coats in bed when we get really nervous when we see a doctor. But if you know you're going to see a doctor, write down some questions for them and ask them, ask them some questions or talk to a relative or friend about what you might want to ask the doctor when you're going to see them so that, so that it's the most productive meeting that you can have and also think about why why your kidneys failing um what can you do to help them now, i know that the doctors none of them talk about nutrition because to be honest um none of them know any nutrition and that's not great but that's why there's dietitians as well but then dietitians are not as accessible as we would like to be so i think that it's just kind of you know have a good look look at the found you know look at the kidney associations around but don't don't look at one place of sources look for the same thing in a number of places and see that it's being saying the same thing or or maybe something different in, in a different way but it often says a very similar thing and I think also just make sure that you're very clear with the doctor about what's going to happen going forward and are you going to are they going to measure your bloods again in three months or six months or do they want to see you again on what what you know what can you do to improve your health like be be strict with them about it because they're not going to say anything to you i'll just say oh your kidney function is 40 percent oh uh, i'll come back in three months and we'll see what it's like and it's not really good enough so make sure that you ask them okay doctor this is the situation what can i do to make that better you know when are you going to see me again? When are you going to do my bloods again? What are you looking for? And I want to know why this is happening. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because it took me quite a while to understand the terms because, um, and I think we'll do a whole separate podcast on bloods because I think that that is very complicated. I think it's, it's in very doctor speak and not patient speak when, um, even when I remember as my kidneys were failing, it was like, oh, your, your kidneys are at this percentage now. I'm like, what does, what does that mean? I don't understand. Um, and kind of, I never really understood many, many years to really wrap my head around everything. Um, and uh, uh, prodding, you know, we get a lot of people in the group sharing their blood results because they have no idea with what that means. And because it is just a bunch of random numbers to a patient. So I think that, um, again, to Ruth's point, when, they, when you get diagnosed with that, Ask them, what does that mean? Which 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 area is telling me that? Is it my creatinine, which is your kidney function, or is it my GFR, which is the percentage of your kidney? Again, they're just random letters and words, but just getting your head around what that means from like a, a regular language point. And then um, keep, to Ruth's point, keeping an eye on that, making sure you get your blood tests checked every at least six months once you've been diagnosed. 
because then that is the only way you can really check if it's saying stable is your blood results. It's the only barometer you've got. So we'll do a whole separate podcast, I think, on bloods because it is very complicated. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think that um, we'll be, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully our new Kidney Ally website will be very close to be launching as well. Um, and the purpose of our website, again, is to help every uh, kidney patient with what they need to cook with recipes, with education tailored completely to their condition and the ability to connect with Ruth and other dietitians for appointments. So hopefully that comes up, um, uh, we're coming out very, very soon. By the time this comes out, or it might already be up. But you can go to the website now, kidneyally.com, to sign up to, to see the website for the first time, if you'd like. Um, and in the meantime, you can also join our Facebook group, which again is growing like crazy. Um, it's a kidney disease uh, diet and recipe ideas. You'll see an amazing picture of a nice salmon in the middle, but uh, <laughs> very friendly. Me and Ruth are in the group answering questions um, and everyone in the group is super supportive. So feel free to join, tell other kidney patients um, and feel free to also listen to previous video podcasts on Spotify under Kidney Ally or also uh, YouTube and Facebook as well. So we're on all those places and you can check it out um, and looking forward to the next podcast. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.